All right, welcome in year number three of the No Quarter Given podcast, the 2023 preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. We're going to talk uh, draft class. We're going to talk Hall of Fame. We're going to talk, talk quarterback battle. We're going to talk salary cap situation. We're going to give you a great overview of training camp to date. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to Raymond James Stadium this Friday night for week one of the preseason. And again, we are part of the uh, buckpower.com podcast networks. So appreciate you finding us. Remember, for all of your Buccaneer history and stats and video and such, go to buckpower.com. And our buddy Paul Stewart over in Jolly England, he's the uh, curator of this website. And welcome in, Peter Blake, for, for year number three. They renewed your contract for another year, Jason Light and Company. Yeah, there you go. Uh, another year of uh, wine and roses, or in this case, uh, hot dogs and uh, crackers. Yeah, we're absolutely pumped up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, 2023 is about to begin. Uh, I, I get it. It's preseason, but you got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town. And it's definitely going to be interesting this year because no Tom Brady. It's either going to be Baker Mayfield at the controls or Kyle Trask. That's what it looks like, and we're going to talk about – we'll get into that 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 uh, positional battle. Obviously, it's the biggest uh, question mark for the Buccaneers going in. Uh, we'll talk about some other positional battles potentially and such. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's get into it. Okay, Buccaneers 8-9 and nine in 2022, lose to the Dallas Cowboys in very uninspiring fashion in the wild card game last year. Obviously, Tom Brady calls it a day with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he is in retirement as of today. You never know if that could change. But uh, <laughs> right. Don't ask yeah. Antoine Winfield or Jason Light because even Light said, you know, we still talk. Uh, so it, it opens up the door a little <laughs> bit. But Jason Powers, uh, my tag team partner of the world, I feel like Tom Brady is done at this point and should be done. Whether it was the distractions off the field, his play on the field, the offensive line and all their injuries we can safely say that he's not necessarily the Tom Brady that came here three years ago. Definitely not the Tom Brady from five or 10 years ago. So I, I think the Bucs are ready to move on. Yeah. And I think the fan base is ready to move on. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to yeah. move on. A new era on. in Tampa Bay Buccaneer football could be happening this year. Obviously, we got Kyle Trask, who's been on the been the backup the last couple of years, the, the draft, the second round draft pick out of Florida. You brought in Baker Mayfield, the free agent uh, from the most recently of the Los Angeles Rams. He's been Carolina, the uh, Rams, Cleveland, obviously. Uh, before we get into the quarterback, but let's just give the audience a little update on the salary cap situation. Back to your point about Brady. The Bucks are taking a massive dead, dead cap hit this year, $75 million of dead cap money. For all of the contracts that we kicked down the road the last couple of years when we extended guys and all that stuff, all those dead cap hits add up. And this is the year the Buccaneers, it looks like, are going to take virtually all of that. So I th And I think that's the right move by Jason Light. You're taking $75 million of cap hit for all the veteran players. Again, I think if you're a Buccaneer fan, you would trade off what we had, what the cap hit this year for the Super Bowl championship of 2020. Do you agree? I absolutely agree with that. It kind of reminds me of my checkbook, if you will. You know, uh, the budgeting, uh, it, the bills have come due, and it's time to pay the piper, and that's what the Bucks did in the offseason. Although, with all that being said, they were still able to re-sign a Jamel Dean and, of course, yep. a Levante David and get some free agent signings that were under the radar that actually may help this team out going forward. So I'm prepared for the new era. If you had to do it over again, absolutely do it over again with Tom Brady coming to town, winning a Super Bowl. 
having the opportunity to win the NFC South, uh, being a playoff contender. And look, uh, this team may be able to do it again because the NFC South is one of the worst divisions in football, if not the worst division in football, Jason Powers. You're right, and we're gonna and again. We'll get we'll get into that that here as we move along in the podcast. Couple notes you mentioned: bargain shoppers. Uh, the Bucks signed a couple of free agents in the offseason. They were very much the middle class of the free agent pool. They were not big game hunting as far as free agency goes. You bring in Ryan Neal from the Seattle Seahawks, who's probably going to be your strong safety, which I think is a under the lot. They got a lot of credit for that signing. That seemed to be a good signing. And Matt Filer, left guard from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. He's been plugged in, and he's going to be the starting left guard, barring injury as we move through through training camp. Uh, and then you got two new kickers. You got McCall, uh, Chase McLaughlin and our buddy Hot Rod from the Indianapolis Colts, Rodrigo Blankenship. If you guys are Georgia fans, you remember a couple years back, Hot Rod back at Georgia with the goggles. So he's in, those two will be battling it out for the uh, the, the kicking position. Uh, Ryan Suckup's moved on. Uh, and again, low val- I mean, low budget moves, which is good because you got to have a lot of these moves. The Bucks with 27 first-year players in training camp. A third of their roster is first-year players, whether they're draft picks or undrafted free agents uh, and such. So a lot of youth on the roster potentially going to be fighting for backup jobs. There will be a couple of youngsters that will probably win that we'll, and we'll talk about here and that they'll have an opportunity to start potentially. And, again, your quarterback situation, you got Kyle Trask on a rookie contract. You got Baker Mayfield for about four million dollars, potentially up to eight million if he meets all the incentives and all that stuff. So um, you're taking all your lumps this year on the salary cap, but you're still going to be able to. In my opinion, I think you're still going to be able to field a good team if you get the quarterback situation right. And really, what did you lose? You lost Leonard Fournette. Okay, uh, I kind of feel like Richard yep. White is an upgrade over that. You lost yep. Julio Jones. Okay, you got Russell Gage, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. I mean. He did have losses. He lost Donovan Smith, the human turnstile, who we talked about most likely would be cutting off this team. He's gone to Kansas City. Let Patrick Mahomes deal with that problem. I feel like you could absolutely be improved and actually have a better team this year uh, because of getting younger and also not having those distractions off the field. Which No, no doubt about it. On the field. No doubt, you, and, and as part of that move with Donovan Smith, we talked about it late last year. You moved Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. You put your best lineman at the hardest position, which is left tackle. You put another guy who was your right guard, wasn't necessarily going to be plugged into that spot long-term, back to his natural position, Luke Gedeke, to right tackle, where he had success in college and why the Bucs drafted him. So we're gonna, And he seems to be getting some pretty good reviews in training camp so far of playing right tackle. So you get younger, you get guys maybe in their more natural position, and you're going to get guys who, if you're going to pay, i.e. Tristan Wirfs, if you're going to pay him $25 million, $30 million, you want to pay him to play left tackle, not right tackle. And it's, it certainly seems like the defensive leaders on this team, namely a Carlton Davis, he has a chip on his shoulder, and this defense has a chip on their shoulder. Not only do you have the Devin White situation where he has something to prove, possibly gaining another contract with the Bucks or another team, but Davis came out and said, we're going to wreck this. We're going to – people – uh, I didn't say wreck this. He wrecked, you know, the other word here. We're going to cause turnovers. The defense feels like they took a step back. They yeah. have something to prove this year. Joe Tryon Shayanka has something to prove this year. You go into the draft and get guys to compete against him. I mean, who's to say this defense actually won't be better? They didn't cause a lot of turnovers. So that's one thing they got to work on. And Jason Powers, remember, Todd Bowles 
finally has his own coaching staff. He has his own right. offensive system, and he also has something to prove. He's a prideful man. He's a prideful defensive mind, and he wants this team to play better. And certainly, who's to say they won't play better this year than last? And you mentioned offensive new system. Dave Canales brought in from the Seattle Seahawks, the quarterback coach. is brought in as a new offensive coordinator. They're do, he's obviously we've been they've been we've been installed that new offense throughout the spring and into the train the training camp as we move a lot more of a quarterback centric movement kind of offense not a drop back it's going to be a lot of play action a lot of rollouts things like that that is more athletic and inclined Kyle Trask is from all indications has kind of reformed his body a little bit to where he can do that stuff now Baker Mayfield's pretty mobile so you're gonna have a lot of that stuff more of a uh, Los Angeles Rams 49er West Coast kind of stuff where there's a lot more QB movement than as opposed to dropping back five-step with Tom Brady that we've been with, with when we were under Byron Leftwich. So a lot of rave reviews with Dave Canales, a lot of creativity. A new To me, it's a new offense, which gives you a new learning opportunity if you're the older players, the guys that we do have, the Godwins, the Evans, the older guys. It's a new, refreshing new offense. And I think you, you're hearing the comments in the in the press conferences post-practice that, they're, that they really like what they're, what they're seeing out of Dave Canales. Yeah, and it's still the old line here. You go to buckpower.com. I don't know if you can get this line. It's a new day in Tampa Bay. I think that's when Sam Weiss started off, and that's what it feels like. You have Canales, who's never called plays before from Seattle. Definitely think he deserves credit with uh, turning Geno Smith around into a Pro Bowl quarterback, earning that young man or older man uh, a second opportunity there to play with yep. the Seahawks. So can he do the same thing with Baker Mayfield? Can he do the same thing with Kyle Trask? And then also the emphasis on the run game. People talk right. about the passing game of Russell Wilson and Geno Smith, but what they forget is when you emphasize the run game, which uh, was terrible last year for the Bucs. In fact, they were last in the National Football League. Now you have Rashard White, uh, Chase Edmonds, Sean Tucker, possibly Keyshawn Vaughn. You have an offensive line that's much more athletic. You're going to have a lot more movement. And like you said, those quarterback waggles, much more play action, which may open up bigger plays for a guy like Mike Evans, you know, who, by the way, is trying to become uh, a receiver that has 10 consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Mm -hmm. He's being, uh, you know, he's talking about new route trees, new stuff like that, how they can. It's not going to be as predictable as what Byron Leftwich was last yep. year. And we would agree – no matter the talent you have on this team, they're going to score more than 18 points, in my opinion, this year. You would think so, and you would hope so. And again, if they get the quarterback right, that's that's the again the, the sixty-four thousand dollar question is who's going to be running yes. the running the show on offense. And again, I think if and again, we don't know if Dave Dave Canales has never called plays. So again, what he does, what it looks like in training camp versus what it looks like in week one. You know, you got to call plays against other other teams, and we're gonna he's gonna get his first chance Friday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're gonna have some joint practices with the New York Jets. We're gonna talk about with Aaron Rodgers up in for week two of the preseason up in New York. So some good opportunity there. And again, very big opportunity for Dave Canales and, and Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask to uh establish a let's get to the quarterback situation, then we'll talk about the draft class. Your thoughts, I know you have been a Baker Mayfield guy, us talking over the offseason. I've kind of been a Kyle Trask guy. And as far as we know what Baker Mayfield is, <clears throat> we don't know what Kyle Trask can be potentially. Your thoughts on the quarterback battle, and are you still, where do you stand today, first week in August, on what, what you're hearing at a training camp? Well, what you're hearing around a training camp right now is that Kyle Trask has definitely taken that progression, right? He's gotten better. Only one turnover throughout 
uh, the training camp process, which is definitely going to help him because when you talk to Todd Bowles, he says the most important facet of this offense is not to turn over the ball. And defensive coaches, Jason Powers, hate when quarterbacks turn over the ball, whether it be an interception, yep. fumble, something along those lines. So Trask, in that point, has the advantage. But I would still say, if you're going with the quarterback who only has nine snaps in the league, uh, you're, 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 you're kind of asking for it. It's kind of like a rookie quarterback at the end of the day. Can they go with him? Will he win out the job? That's why I like a Baker Mayfield, because you could talk about his numbers all day long, right? But what people don't talk about is the all the offensive coordinators that he's had. He hasn't had the consistency. He's also been hurt, but he's shown flashes of brilliance. And he wasn't a number one pick uh, for no reason. He has all the potential in the world. And of course, potential is the most overly used word in 2018. Uh, he took the Browns to the playoffs in 2020. After that, his statistics went down. Either it was hurt or different offensive coordinator. Now you hope you got that stability. And what you also hope for is Dave Canales. And I'm saying hope a lot, but what Dave Canales did last year with Geno Smith, yeah. can he duplicate that with Baker Mayfield? And I feel like Mayfield has the advantage even though the turnover situation is kind of out of control, he well, does know this offense over Kyle Trask. But you're exactly right. Am I shocked by it? Completely shocked because Kyle Trask has absolutely done some great things with his body. You know, two years he's been under Tom Brady. So I would definitely not rule it out as much as I would about a couple months ago. So Kyle Trask absolutely has an opportunity to win this job. And if he continues to play like he does in training camp, and he can have that transition over to preseason when the game time situations are happening. Yep. Kyle Trask is your starting quarterback of the Bucs. I still believe Baker Mayfield will be your week one starter, but I've been wrong before. I may be wrong again. Couple things on Trask again that the Buck fans obviously we haven't seen him play much. He played a little bit in the Atlanta game at the end in week 18 last year. Um, my thing with Trask is, again, we've talked about this being kind of a transition year from a salary cap perspective, from a player perspective. You have to know what you have in Kyle Trask by the end of the year, one way or the other, whether he can play or whether he can't play because he's he's going into his third year. Remember, second-round picks only have four years on their contract as far mm -hmm. as so you don't have a fifth year like they do if you're a first-round pick. Um, so you need to know what you got in Kyle Trask this year, whether he can do it or he can't do it. We know kind of what Baker Mayfield is. I know there's been some, you know, turnover in his offensive coaching staff. I some could argue the turnovers become because of his play. Guys have been fired because of how he's played from time to time. He's had some flashes of brilliance where he's played well in spurts, but he's had some flashes where he's played really poorly in spurts and turnovers. I think I saw a stat today on, uh, online. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mayfield's had like seven picks and nine practices already. So Todd Bowles, conservative defensive mind. He's a conservative guy. He's not the biggest risk taker in the world. He's not going to want a guy throwing seven interceptions in nine practices. I No. Nope. We don't know all the stories of those interceptions, and I'm sure Trask has thrown a couple himself, I'm sure. But in my opinion, if it's even going into week one, I think you have to start Kyle Trask. Now, if, he, if Mayfield is clearly better, then you play then you play Baker Mayfield, but if it's pretty close to even going in through training camp, I think you start Kyle Trask. And I think you may have a point, but I would also go back to this: who has been who has sixty nine starts in the National Football League? And if you're trying to yeah. win, and we feel like 
Uh, Todd Bowles, it was disappointing last year because you finished yep. off 8-9 even though you won the division. Is he on the hot seat? A lot of national pundits would say that. We don't know what the Glazers are thinking. But if you're looking for wins when it comes down to it, I would rather go with the veteran option in a Mayfield. Now, that's not to say you won't see Trask starting, whether it's an injury to Mayfield or lack of uh, you know great play in turning over the ball because you could certainly – switch it up to Kyle Trask yep. if the Bucks get off to a bad start. And that's certainly possible. I tend to be more positive. I think that with Dave Canales being the offensive coordinator and what he did with Geno Smith, I feel like he could do the same thing with Mayfield, but we'll see. It will be interesting to see who the Bucks start at quarterback in week one at home against Pittsburgh here. This in this this coming up Friday night. It'll be very interesting to see who yeah. gets the first. I would imagine one guy will start in week one, and the other guy will start week two with the with the number ones. Again, how long those guys play, the number one offensive line and such. But it, you, you, you can't roll out Trask and Mayfield for one series each. They got to play a little bit in this preseason. Even if, it, even if it's with the backup offensive line and backup receivers, you okay. got to play these guys a little bit to see. You, you have to play them. I mean, you can't just sit them down. No, you can't sit them down. You're exactly right. But I also think that whatever they're doing in training camp, that's where you also make your decision. But yep. you're exactly right. You've got to get these players ready uh, for fire. you got to get them ready for week one versus the Minnesota Vikings when it's real. And then, of course, the number one priority in preseason and in training camp, you've got to avoid injuries at the same time. Two pivot points in the Bucks schedule to be aware of, Buck fans. Remember the Bucks have a bye after week four, so they can they in week five is their bye. So in theory, could either quarterback get a four-game trial and error period here, a four-game kind of audition to see what happens? You could make a move in theory in week five during the bye week if you wanted to, or would you potentially make a move in week three, especially if Mayfield starts week one and week two? They go 0 and 2 for some reason. Remember, you got you go to Minnesota and you got Chicago at home. Week three, Monday night football, could that potentially be the debut of Kyle Trask on Monday night football if Mayfield went 0-2 and maybe didn't play really well in those first two games? Well, if you ask Colin Cowherd out there, and I don't, but if you listen to his radio show, he feels like the Bucks are secretly tanking uh, for Caleb Williams or Drake May. I don't necessarily think that's happening. You bring up an astute point. Is that where you want to debut Kyle Trask on Monday night football versus – uh, a, a Super Bowl participant in the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, right? But it's it's a tough pressure, tough pressure situation. I yeah. think you go into the bye week with having that extra week. I think you would do that more than anything else. But it depends on who plays and 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 who plays well or not. And if they play poorly, who knows? Maybe the hook comes uh, a lot sooner than a lot of people anticipate. But Again, I tend to be very optimistic about this team. I still think they have talent offensively. Oh, yeah. I still think their line will be improved. It just depends on quarterback play. If Baker Mayfield comes out there and he's throwing a couple interceptions a game, including a pick six, he will not be the starter of this team, I can guarantee you. I don't not care if it's Kyle no. Trask, Wolford, the third stringer, because he knows this offense too, as crazy as it sounds. Kind of, it, it, it depends on turning over the ball, and if that is the biggest facet that Todd Bowles is looking at, and that quarterback does that, he's not going to be a starter for long. It's just it's just how it goes. And are they going to be more conservative? Most likely they are, but I still think a lot of people are kind of discounting the weapons that they have. And oh. then furthermore, Chris Godwin coming uh, back 
Second year, I think, will be more explosive. Here is a player that had 1,000 receiving yards last year, over 100 receptions uh, with the knee injury. So how good is he going to be in his second year coming right. off of that injury? I think that's something to watch because he may be a lot better, a lot more explosive. And with this offense and Russell Gage healthy and Kate Otten, uh, second year into this offense, who knows? Maybe maybe they surprise some people, but they're going to score a lot more than 18 points a game. And with the emphasis on the run game of Rashard White, sky's the limit with this kid. He could go for definitely over 1,000 yards. He's going to get every opportunity to do that. Oh yeah, there, he's the guy. There's no, I mean, there, there's not another team running back on the roster that's going to beat him out unless he's just terrible, which he won't be. Right. I mean, right. they're 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 going to rely on him heavily this year, Rashad White and such. Um, and again, to me, if the offensive line with Jensen back, you got a you got kind of a road grader guy in Filer. If Worfs makes the transition pretty well, and I think Gedeke could be a he could be the sleeper here if he plays well at right tackle. Look at they, they're going to have a good running game. I think I, I definitely I really think that they got a chance to be good on the in the running game. I think the right side is the biggest question. Who's your right guard? Is it the rookie or is it somebody else? Is it, uh, is it Leverett? Leverett? Maybe is it, is it, yeah. Let's get to the draft class. You mentioned the rookie, Kalijah Cansey, first round pick out of pit, calf injury a week or so back. So we'll see what the timeline on that is. Probably will be back by week one, but you never know about those calf injuries. He, he was, Playing well, you got Cody Mock, the, the second round pick, the right guard potential there out of North Dakota State. You got uh, Servassier Dennis, who they've really talked about a lot. Yaya Diaby, who they've talked about a lot, the kind of edge, edge rushing guys, two guys. You got Trey Palmer, a seventh round speedster wide receiver out of Nebraska. Good sized body, can run. He's a guy that I think you'll be, you'll be, you will, he will make the team and potentially be your third or fourth receiver. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett, a guy who's getting some talk about at wide receiver. I don't know much about him, but they, I, I keep hearing the coaches mention his name as make a guy that's plays. making plays. They make a plays in training camp. Now, can that transition to, to preseason? Uh, the preseason? Because we've seen this before. Remember sure. Kenny Bell from Nebraska? Sure. Killed it in practice. But when he got to the game situations, uh, not so much. So can right. he do that? Can he continue to make plays? Because he'll definitely find a spot on this team. And with Russell Gage and his injury history, could one of these wide receivers step up like a Palmer, um, uh, like somebody else uh, on this team yep. that would step up? Uh, and I'm, he's escaping me right now, but the little wide Devin receiver. Devin Tompkins, now, little Devin, Devin Tompkins, Tompkins is maybe yeah. your slot guy, punt He'll probably be your kick returner, punt returner guy. Yeah. You know, that's that was his role late last year. But again, he we've seen clips on, Buck, on uh, Bucks.com of him making leaping catches and his leaping ability and all that stuff. Again, is he big enough to play and hold up? We'll see. And again, these we see it every year in every training camp. Oh my God, this guy's so good in training camp practice. You got to be able to do it in games. You got to be able to the block. You got to be able to do it on special teams as well. That's a key factor for a lot of these young guys. Yeah, and you forgot about Payne Durham, who's a, a tight end. You know, big bodied uh, yep. opportunity there in the red zone. Is he fleet of foot? Uh, we hear that he's not, but he's a big target in the red zone that helps that tight end room out and. They need some help because you don't have Rob Gronkowski anymore. You don't even have a veteran in there. So watch for the Bucks to pick up somebody if somebody doesn't perform. And then Savashier Dennis, who may challenge a Devin White if White doesn't play. And I feel like he's got to take that next step. He's got to be that top off uh, the ball linebacker if he wants to be paid $20 million a year. Whether it's by this team or another organization, he has to assume that role. And will he do it this year? 
We shall see because it will come down to effort. It will come down to consistency. Can this defense be consistent enough with a Devin White and a Levante David? I'll tell you a name right now that's sticking out to me. Ever since he was drafted out of Louisville, that is Yaya Diaby. He'll have every opportunity to challenge JTS. And if Joe Tryon Shyinka doesn't start finishing plays, Diaby is going to be right there for the job, taking his job from him starting day. I'm telling you right now, this kid is very talented. He's got the body. He's very raw, yep. but he has an opportunity. He'll have every opportunity to take that job. Ramirez is another player uh, to watch out for. Uh, so they definitely drafted to not only get faster at positions, get stronger at the point of attack. I'm disappointed that Cansey is going to be out with an injury because it certainly seemed like he was looking like a, a first-round player that was going to make a yep. contribution and Jason, we know how tough it is for defense alignment and, and outside rushers to make that transition, uh, you know, to the NFL because they hit the rookie wall. It's a different speed of game. Everybody right. can run a four three. Everybody can run a four four. Everybody uh, is as fast as you are. So some of the things that you got away with in the college game can't necessarily get away with in the National Football League. NFL means not for long if you can't transition over into that process uh, of the game. All right, listen to No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason, along with Peter, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. We're giving you a little training camp preview, talking about some positional battles. We're going to hit on a couple more things as we move forward here. Let's go to the defense. We talked about the defense. To me, the biggest question mark on this Buccaneer team, more than the offensive line and who's going to play where on offensive line, the pass rush. Can they mm. generate a pass rush? Shaq Barrett, what is his status? Is he, you know, coming off the of, of the Achilles? JTS, we've talked about Shoyan Troyanka, Vita Vea Cansey. They bring back William Goldston, which we talked about off the air. Good, good depth, a good mentor, gonna help Cansey. Now he can fill in for Cansey if he needs to. Um, they re-sign Anthony Nelson. So they they bring back guys, they draft Diaby and Dennis. You have to get some production out of the front four. The back seven, in my opinion, is pretty good. The defensive backs, you sign, re-sign Jamel Dean. You got Winfield. You got Ryan Neal, and you got Carlton Davis. Pretty good. The linebacker, Levante and De Devin White, and the two, you know, it's the front four, the front three or four, whatever, however you want to term it. Can you get adequate pressure on the quarterback? Yeah, it goes back to Shaq Barrett, right? He's coming off uh, an injury. He's also coming off uh, losing his baby daughter in the offseason. So yep. from all video, he looks like he's extra motivated. God bless him. God bless his family. I definitely think the young man will have a chip on his shoulder, not only playing this year because he loves football, but also wants to play uh, for the loss. He's 31 years old, coming off right? a major injury. Right. But I, I, I definitely think if you're going to rule this kid out, or you're going to rule this no. guy out, because he's not a kid. You're going to rule this guy out. Uh, he's definitely going to surprise you. He's always been a surprise ever since he came over from the Denver Broncos, signing him to a one-year deal, not knowing necessarily what he had. And then that year, 19 yep. and a half sacks. So who's going to rule this guy out? You're exactly right. He's a big-time question mark because he is coming off an Achilles. But from all video evidence, he certainly looks like he could be you know, close to 100%. You don't know, again, with the injury situation. Again, Joe Tryon, Shyanka. Is this the guy finally? Is he going to take that next step? Because he's a first-round pick and you have all these expectations. But can he fulfill them? Anthony Nelson got better last year. You resigned. They resigned him, got paid. Yeah. You resigned a William Golston. Why? Is that because you want to for him to mentor Logan Hall, who we saw last year wasn't ready 
from the National Football League because he didn't have right. the body. He's gotten bigger. Uh, has that made him quicker? Has that made him better? Has the game slowed down for him? I mean, these are some of the players that you're going to definitely count on. And I love Ryan Neal on that back end because first yep. you're able to use Antoine Winfield Jr., who more than likely is going to get paid with a big contract and should be paid uh, by the Bucks coming here in the next couple months. Uh, you let him play his natural position. Ryan Neal, pro football focus out of Seattle, number one top safety. This yep. back end may be a lot better than people think, especially if Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean can stay healthy consistently. And of course, with Carlton Davis, you know, capitalize on those interception opportunities. If he can do that and calls turnovers more than what this defense did last year, the sky's the limit for this defense. In fact, they could be a top 10 unit, even a top five unit. Wouldn't rule it out at all. Yep. And again, coaching staff wise, you, you know, you brought in a new offensive staff and you got obviously Bowles got to make those decisions in this offseason. Good job by the by the by the front office in doing that. You had to you you couldn't bring in some guys that you know that were you, you had to clean house on offense. You had to clean house with the offensive staff. You bring in some good guys with some pedigree. Skip Pete was with the Cowboys for a long time with the running backs. Don't be surprised if potentially maybe they bring in a running back at some point in training camp. Maybe a Kareem Hunt. Maybe a Zeke Elliott kind Zeke of guy. Elliott. Yeah, no turnovers. I mean, again, they preach that. Skip Pete was the reason why they hired him as a running back coach because his running backs had no turnovers last year. And even he said in the press conference, if Ezekiel Elliott can buy into the fact that maybe he's not necessarily that high-paid running back anymore, maybe he'll get signed by somebody. Was that foreshadowing for the Bucs? Will the Bucs be happy with that running back room? Will knock on wood if you have an injury, do you go out there and get a cream hunt? Or an Ezekiel, I don't think you get a Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook is yeah. looking for $10 million. And I, I honestly don't think he's worth $10 million. I think he's No, he's not getting $10 million. He'll, he'll be lucky to get Up five. Taylor's yeah. out there. You know, you got an owner trying to pay a well instead of pay their running back, which, by the way, who knows what the heck But, again, doing. the Bucks are in a salary cap. They're right up on the salary cap. It's not like they have right. dollars to spend. So I'm going to be – I'd be very surprised if they go out and make a move with a I guy. Would be they need to extend two guys, Winfield – and Worfs are going to be the two, and Devin White potentially are the three guys that you got to think about internally to extend, and that's going to be major salary cap dollars if you do that this year. Going back to Worfs, were you taken back by his comments on how he had to see a psychologist during the offseason because of his change from the right side to the left side? Does that does that make does that make you kind of interesting? Say, yeah, it was. It was. I won't say it was alarming, but it was definitely. You know, well, that's what I was looking for. Alarming, you know, raise your eyebrows on that. Is that a red flag? Because everything we know about this kid, ever since he's come into the league from Iowa, you know, starting at right tackle as a rookie, doing a, a bang up job to protect a Tom Brady, keep Cam Jordan off his, you know what? And then to hear that, it's like I, don't, I, I would say this. I would I, the way I got the sense was it's not like he's going three times a week and sitting on the couch for an hour. I think it was just something where he was feeling some anxiety about learning a new position that he wasn't, you know, mentally he didn't feel like he was the all pro like he's been at right tackle because it came so easily and naturally as a right sure. tackle. I just think I don't have a problem. You know, again, I don't we, we don't know how frequent he frequently he's. And again, we all know as as mental health has evolved over the last seven, eight, ten years. Sure. That may not be the worst thing in the world when you're having issues. Go see somebody and talk about it. 
Right. I mean, this is what you do here on the buckpower.com podcast. You can afford it. I mean, right. most people don't go it. see somebody. Most people honestly don't go see a health, mental health specialist because they can't afford it. And I feel like this podcast is sometimes a mental health uh, counselor because, oh, and I got yes. one as a, you know, we, we, we try to talk you down the ledge here off the ledge uh, about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers because things aren't always so bad. Well, they are almost aren't so good either. So that's why you got to tune in here to the Buck Power podcast, but you're exactly right. In all seriousness, uh, mental health is definitely a big time aspect that has been more focused on. It needs to be more focused on. I was just kind of, I was, I was amazed I was by that. I was surprised he came out publicly about it like oh, he yeah, did. He was very, very honest, and I yeah, liked that. But then again, you kind of wonder, is he going to be able to handle the situation? I, I definitely think Tristan Wirfs can handle it. We talked about it last offseason, as you predicted, my friend, my tag team partner of the world, Mr. Jason Powers, that they would look to move Tristan Wirfs from that right side to the left side eventually, and you were completely correct. And we talked about Gedeke going out to right tackle, too. Yep, yep. and I know you have some insight about Mr. Gedeke and Kyle <laughs> Trask and, you know, why uh, why they're doing so well with their fitness regimen, right? You, you yeah, like to share I will say, I will say this, this offseason, I've seen Kyle and Luke, who, who, are, who apparently are really good friends off the field, They've been playing a lot of pickleball here in the Tampa Bay area, wow. which has probably helped with his with Kyle's agility. In all seriousness, helped with his agility and Gedeke's agility. They love. I've seen him out playing numerous times, and Gedeke likes to play, and Trask is out there playing. So good for them and yeah. getting out in the community. You know what the funny thing is, Peter Blake? Nobody even recognized who they were. The starting what? quarterback, potentially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they there wasn't a person out there that knew who Kyle Trask was. I had to tell everybody, hey, you know who that is? Hey, you know who <laughs> Gedeke is? Nobody even knew who he was. Well, I tell you right now, that may change eventually because yes. if both of those players are productive as we think they could be, especially yeah. Gedeke on the right side and Kyle Trask is a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, people are going to know that know him eventually if he starts to win. They're also going to know him if he doesn't play so well. But I give him credit. I mean, but but again, I I think that's a good thing for those guys to do yeah. that, change up their workout routine a little bit, different kind of workout and different. And, and, and it's a low. It, again, is it is it, it's not it's not P ninety X. I'm not saying it's that, but it's a good workout. It's a great workout. It's good agility. Yeah. You know, we know how hot it is down here. He's out playing in the in the hot in the hot part it's of the day, which hot. is good. So. I can melt. So you don't wear a black shirt outside and don't walk your dog outside with a black shirt when he has black fur, because more than likely you will be coming into the house about 10 minutes earlier than you should. Just saying it is very, very hot out. And hopefully that's an advantage for the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers, especially early versus the Chicago Bears, which, you know, going to be yep. improved team. Lots of, uh, of expectations there of Justin Fields. Can he take that next step? Much like Jalen Hurts did last year. Uh, for the Eagles, but that may be a home field advantage with them practicing in that. Just uh, oh, yeah, absolutely uh, ridiculous. And it'll, and it'll be a one, and it'll be a one o'clock game, not a four o'clock game, too. So as hot right. as it can be, it'll be one o'clock game. Which the if you looked at the Bucks schedule, they're going to be playing a lot of one o'clock games this year, as opposed to the night games and the four twenty fivers. They've got a couple four twenty fivers, but there are going to be a lot of one o'clock games early in the year, and that that heat will help the Buccaneers for sure. And basically, the heat is like uh, you know my kitchen on a Saturday night; everything burns. That's why Jason Powers, I had to get an air fryer in the first place because I can burn anything and everything like a grilled cheese, and that's exactly what it feels like outside. And when you have one of those teams. 
And like I said, air fryers save lives. I'm going to put that on T-shirt because it's true. Best gift I ever got. But you know, Although I've seen you just—I've seen you destroying some chicken wings, some pickle, some uh, fried pickles, some nachos. Yeah. You've you just been ham going hammer time on on the uh, on the chicken wings here lately. The couple times we've seen each other out. Well, I didn't eat lunch yesterday, so I had to make up for it. And then on top of it, I'm not a great cook. And when those teams come down from the north, those teams are gonna cook because it is gonna be so hot. So. You have to watch out for that home field advantage. Maybe that is a home field advantage for the Bucs. You would hope so. They're not going three days, but it's not like Todd Bowles is taking it easy on them. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, last thing I want to get you before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, we're, again, we're gonna we're doing a training camp preview. We will have our next episode. We'll be previewing week one. So we will, we'll take a couple weeks off, and we will come back and preview week one in Minnesota. One o'clock game on the – I think it's the Sunday after Labor Day, I believe. You don't want to week. talk about the preseason game there with uh, well, Pittsburgh? We can talk about it. Yeah, we, okay. Let's I mean, we do can do it. Let we're, okay. we're together, reunited, and it feels so good here. On All the, right, what uh, do you want to talk about? about? Talk about it. What do you want to talk uh, about? Well, we're going to definitely talk about, you know, Bucks versus Steelers. What do we see? What stuck out? Who played well at quarterback? Okay, I mean, you know, all right. Well, you want you want another episode, Peter Blake? Yeah, we'll I want another episode. episode. I want all the smoke, my friend, as the kids would say. All right. Well, we will do that next week. We will have another episode just for you, man. You request it. We, we give it to you, Buck fans. All right. Last thing I want to get us out of here on this episode. No quarter given. Rondé Barber goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame over the weekend in Canton. The fifth member of the Buccaneer franchise. Obviously, Leroy Selman, Brooks, Sapp, Lynch, and now Rondé Barber into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Nice speech he gave in Canton talking about with, with his brother Tiki, giving credit to all the people that helped him out throughout his journey, talking about not being ordinary, being a, about all the you know doubters that were in the Buccaneer Tampa Bay community because he didn't play much his first year. He wasn't he was a third round pick. He didn't look the part as a lockdown. He wasn't Darrell Revis at corner. Everybody called him a system corner. He can uh -huh. he can only play zone coverage. Your thoughts on Rondé Barber going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I mean, why did it take so long for the NFL? Was he flashy enough? I mean, he made enough tackles. He was a professional about it. Some uh, It came out that during this speech, he wasn't coachable. I mean, who would think that Rondé Barber wasn't coachable enough with Tony Dungy being the coach and, of course, Mike Tomlin giving the credit? Even a little shout-out there to JG being John Gruden uh, for his success. So I'm not surprised by it. Uh, when you have a corner who has, you know, over 40 interceptions, over 20 sacks, it's amazing in itself. You know, how great was he for this Bucks defense? If you don't have a Rondé Barber, uh, you don't have a nickel corner. And Warren Sapp said it best. Uh, he was the best nickel corner in the NFL of all time. That is huge. That's a major accomplishment because now a nickel corner is so important. In fact, we don't even know who the nickel corner is going to be for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going forward. So that will be a position battle, but he absolutely revolutionized the game and probably one of the greatest sports plays in Tampa Bay sports history, not only Bucks history, but Tampa yep. Bay sports history, 92 yards, close down the vet. Yep. Uh, you're going to San Diego. He even said it uh, in so many words, don't care about the pro bowl pointing to his name. And you knew as a Bucs fan that basically you got over the hump against the Eagles for so many years there. Uh, they couldn't do that, getting their doors blown off, going to the Super Bowl and, and leading to your first Super Bowl championship in Super Bowl 37 versus the Raiders. Just a beautiful thing. 
Congratulations to Rondé Barber. You absolutely deserved it. It took six years too long, in my opinion. And he, and he mentioned the, you know, his off the field stuff. He's a really good guy in the community, no issues off the field. Um, so he's been a, you know, a good soldier for the organization and such. So, and he played, and again, rare, such a rarity, played his entire career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't go off and play for somebody, didn't go off and play somebody for another year, for one year for with somebody. And I think I heard, didn't miss a game in his entire career. Did I hear that right? I think like I heard 200, you say that. Like 200, 204 games or something along the lines. I something mean, and you can, find, you can find that stat out on buckpower.com. Paul Stewart's got you covered. The owner and curator of this great site that we do a podcast on. Thank you very much, Paul, for renewing my contract along with Jason Light. I appreciate that. I guess my check is in the mail. So that will definitely help out with my financial situation when it comes down to it. But you're exactly right. And what makes somebody great? Because they're playing at top level. And people say, well, is he Deion Sanders? Is he Darrell Revis? No. Nobody still played at the top of his game in a defense that will never be able to be duplicated again. Do you realize this? And I was asking somebody. I put this out there on Twitter. And maybe I'm looking like an ultimate homer, but I could care less. But to give you something to think about, from 97 to 08, is this team the greatest defense of all time? Look at the longevity. Look at the consistency. Look at the Pro Bowls, look at the Hall of Famers, and yep. look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. You can sit there and talk about the 85 Chicago Bears all you want to. You could sit there and talk about the 2000 Ravens. You could sit there and talk about the Steel Curtain. But in that day and age of the NFL, the era, if the Bucs have a quarterback and an offense that is as good as that defense, you're talking about a multi-Super Bowl winner, and we're yep. not even having this discussion as the greatest defense of all time. I definitely think you can make the case that this defense with Rondé Barber, with Derek Brooks, with Warren Sapp, with John Lynch, and hopefully, talking to Ira Kaufman here in a couple of days, Simeon Rice, yeah. that, that could be the greatest defense of all time. Picture that. No, no, there's no. I mean, they're definitely in the top ten, li top six or seven list for sure. I mean, you you can debate. Everybody has their their argument of what makes a defense the best of all time. From a longevity perspective, you make a great point. The, the longevity of the defense and those same core guys that were in the defense, they maybe, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely an argument to be made. And how about the story Rondé said about, about Monty Kiffin for the first seven or eight, whatever number of years? <laughs> called him Randy. Didn't even call him Rondé. Called him Randy Barber. How Love funny it. was that when he said that's that? Funny. That's the mad scientist right there, and that's a defensive coordinator. And we didn't even talk about this. Tony Dungy got into the Hall of Fame, not just because he won a Super Bowl with the Colts, but for his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and sure. and uh, it's it's just amazing to think about this. And again, you can relive all this with the BuckPower.com podcast network with Paul Stewart because he has all kinds of memories. And you forget – how great that defense was. And you could sit there and talk about the 2020 offense and going back to it. Maybe I was caught up in the moment. That 2002 defense was something else. I don't know if Tom Brady is able to overcome that. I mean, going back to it, do you think that 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneer team can beat one of those Patriot teams back then, especially the one that went back to back? Ooh, that, that would have been a, that would have been a hell of a matchup with Brady and right? his prime with those Patriots. Right, the Buccaneer defense. I mean, and that Patriot mm. defense, and that Patriot defense was very undervalued too. They were sure. really, really good. That might have been ten to seven. That might have been a ten to seven, thirteen to ten kind of game. 
uh, because both those and that defenses- favors the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all day right. long with a low scoring affair. But I mean, again, the offense took off in the postseason the right time. But just from long- longevity standards, from '97 to '08, just think about how great that defense was. And they did have losses. They lo- did lose Warren Sapp eventually and John Lynch, but they still were able to maintain that ranking yep. of being top five, top ten. And that is just greatness. And it was right there, and it could be right there again with the BuckPower.com podcast network with Paul Stewart. I don't know if I in the in the, in the if, if you're a Bucks fan, you're right. The, the the string of Hall of Famers is probably over for a while. Maybe Simeon Rice, maybe, but I mean after Simeon Rice. There's probably well, not some people great- say Mike Alstad. I don't think Mike Alstad nah, is not making, a Hall of Famer. It. He's a great buck of all time, but a Hall of Famer, no. Yeah, yeah. But you're exactly right. I think you're you're completely correct on that. I mean, does maybe a Levante good. David and Mike Evans in the future yeah. potentially? Yeah. Mike Evans, almost I won't say for sure, but he's Look, well on I his would way. Say for sure, I would go to Vegas and say Mike yes. Evans is a Hall of Famer right now. Period. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If he didn't play another down. He's going to the Hall of Fame. So yes. uh, Levante yes. David is debatable. He's going to be an interesting case when he comes up because of the evolution of the passing game. And, you know, he was never a all I think I, I'd have to look at the stats. How many I don't even know he's ever been an all has he ever been an all pro? I don't know if he's ever been the all pro linebacker. He's been to some pro bowls, but I'm talking right. about the number one line that he's gonna be an interesting debate when he comes up because um He's probably he's probably in the territory of really really good, maybe not Hall of Famer. And and, and the reason why is because he played for a lot of losing teams, but then again he right. won a Super Bowl, right? right? So a lot of people look at that and say, well, maybe he was one. And, and could would you say that he is one of the greatest linebackers during this time? Yeah, he definitely compares. Yeah, he's definitely up there with Bobby Wagner. And if Bobby Wagner is a Hall of Famer, then I think Levante David is definitely a Hall of Famer. All right, Buck fans, buckpower.com, buckpower.com podcast network, no quarter given. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform. Buccaneers hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers this Friday night. Yeah, uh, baby. At Raymond James Stadium. Um, They then go to see the New York Jets up in New York (laughs) for some joint practices in a game. You won't see Aaron Rodgers in the game, but you will see him in some joint practices, which will be a good elixir for the Buccaneer defense as well as the jets have a very good defense uh key what are the couple things you want to see in week one here friday night against the pittsburgh steelers forget necessary players but just conceptual things what what broad couple things are you looking for in week one i want to see whoever's starting of course i want to see them not turn over the ball i want to see consistent drives i want to see points in the red zone that not necessarily depend on field goals And I also want to see this defense be able to get off the field a little bit. I know that's asking a lot because it's all vanilla when it comes to offense and defense, but definitely want to see some of these new players also. You know, how how did they incorporate them? What kind of impact? How about a Joe Tryon Shayinka? Does he show some flashes of brilliance like he's shown in the preseason? What about a Logan Hall? Guys like that. Yaya Diaby, as we talked about. I mean, it's a lot to ask for in a preseason game because, again, the, the main aspect is not to get hurt. But I definitely want to see some of these things. What about you? I'm with you. I want. I want. I'm not as much concerned on the defensive side. I want to see the offensive flow. Meaning, are the plays getting into the guys in time? Are they? Mm. Are they making checks at the line of scrimmage? Those kind of things. The flow of of Dave Canales calling plays in a game situation. I assume he's going to be on the sideline, but I don't know. Is he going to be on the sideline or is he going to be up in the booth? 
I don't know yeah. how that what that dynamic's going to be. You know, just all those things that go into calling plays and running an offense and getting in and out of the huddle. And don't be surprised if you see some no hurry up offense. I want to see if they can incorporate some of that other than just the two minute drill. So you've heard some speculation that that's part of the the scheme as well. Some hurry up offense, things like that. So just the the game flow of how it goes. And like you mentioned, don't turn the ball over. You could punt. I don't care if we punt 10 times, but don't turn the ball over. Let's get some flow to the offense and let's move the ball a little bit. And also, you know, what, what's going to come of that field goal battle if you do yeah. settle for a field goal? Who's going to win it? Is it going to be McLaughlin or is it going to be uh, Hot Rod himself? Yeah, no, no doubt. I think and that's a that's an under-the-radar thing that we'll talk about here probably next week is where's yeah. that situation? Because, again, the Bucks are probably going to be in a lot of close games. They're going to be in some back-and-forth game. Remember, they're playing the AFC South this year and the NFC what um, NFC North. No, NFC North, the Minnesota, Chicago, right. Detroit, that division in the AFC South. So they're, that, those are kind of their out-of-conference games. And say what you want, the NFC South is going to be a winnable division. Nine and eight might be good enough to win that division. I know a lot of people like the Saints. A lot of people like what Carolina's doing, but nine and eight might be enough this year to win that division. Yep, and they may actually be a better team than they were last year. Don't be surprised, my friend. Don't be surprised at all. And I took a little peek at the at the books in Vegas. The Bucks are already a six and a half point underdog in Minnesota week one. Mm. I kind of I like the six and a half. Minnesota's got a lot of holes on defense. Uh, they've lost Dalvin Cook. They've lost Adam Thielen. I might be uh, the, the six and a half is looking pretty nice to me. It is looking pretty nice to me too, especially with a questionable defense. And then knowing that a team that wins 13 games, you know, certainly won't be able to duplicate that because it, it's just tough. And Minnesota won a lot of close games last year. Can they do the same thing? We'll see. And you're going to have an offense that nobody knows what the offense is going to be. D Dave Knauss does not have a track record of tendencies of what he's called in the past. So, uh, Buck fans, there's your little tip for the week of, of shekels to, to pay off the, the Labor Day uh, the Labor Day weekend uh, vacations and all that good stuff that you're, you're wrapping up the, the summer with. All right, Peter Blake, tell everybody yeah. where they can find all your good work, all your good stuff you're doing online. Yeah, it's the evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web on Monday and Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock live on Facebook on I Love St. Pete, The Hub, Amped Up Sports. And now Bucks Life, which is a new platform. It's not a new platform, but a new platform uh, for the Sports Web, another opportunity. And, of course, as football season goes, we'll do more than two nights a week. Three things. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. All right, we're going to talk again. Check out the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm also with this podcast as well. I'm also going to be doing a college football podcast starting at the end of August called the Florida Football Insiders, where we're talking all things Gators, Knowles, Seminoles, Hurricanes, uh, USF Bulls, we're talking all things college football. So, um, and also check out if you're, if you're in the Tampa Bay or Orlando markets, I'm doing some. Uh, I'm a contributor now on Spectrum Sports 360 uh, as part of their uh, Spectrum nightly show at 1030. So I do some contributions to that. We'll be talking some uh, throughout the throughout the football season. So check it out if you're in the Tampa Bay or Orlando markets on Spectrum uh, Spectrum News, the Spectrum News Channel. So Peter, Congratulations. Blake, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So we'll uh, see if we can 
keep keep that going and all that good stuff. So, Buck fans, have a great week. We will see you next week by Peter by Peter Blake's demands. We'll have a, a no quarter given podcast following the week one preseason game leading to week two. So, Buck fans, have a great week, and we will see you next time on the No Quarter Given Podcast. Go Bucks! <laughs>